Hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to a February 12th edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. As always, we're presented by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Of course, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, of which the Business of Sports is part of. Use that promo code PODCAST1. That'll get you a 50% sign-up bonus on your account today. BetOnline.ag. It's a Brant's Rants edition after last week's guest, the commissioner of the XFL before the debut of the league, Oliver Luck. Today, I'll just go into my own stuff about the XFL among my rants and talk about what the debut means for the present and the future of the XFL and beyond. So we'll talk about that. Also want to get into the whole Philip Rivers experience. I know we're going to talk a lot about quarterbacks in the offseason and free agency in the NFL. And then a word on Major League Baseball, a continuing issue there. Um, what I first want to talk about is the XFL. They debuted this weekend to better than expected ratings, better than expected attendance. And even the expectations were based on the fact that yeah, everyone's going to have the curiosity factor. The novelty of it is going to be easy to draw fans both in person and on screen. And that happened. So the good news for the XFL is what what was certainly expected to be some bonus of being in the debut stage and the honeymoon phase, it happened. As it happened a year ago, again, these leagues are intertwined in our analysis to the American Alliance of American Football, the AAF, a year ago, same thing. Week one, wow, Bafo, good football, makes sense, it's fun, it goes fast, all those things. The key issue, of course, is sustainability. And sustainability in two ways. Interest is one thing, but really the key question for sustainability is cash. Do they have the money? And the AAF a year ago did not have the money. Their key financer was convicted of fraud, and they never got the money out of Reggie Fowler. They had to rely uh, ultimately on the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, who I had on this program a couple times. And, of course, he pulled the plug week 7 out of 10. That was a fire sale once the money ran out. Now, here, the advantage the World, I'm sorry, the World League, the XFL has is that there's one investor, not several. His name is Vince McMahon, and he has hundreds of millions, so they're good on money. Um, and they seem to have airtight contracts. They're paying not a lot, 50-something thousand, it looks like, per player. Um, and they seem to have genuine interest, with, as, the, as Oliver promoted so often on my podcast with him last week, they have these NFL coaches that are going to bring NFL-style football, and it's going to be very uh, credible. And I think that rung true for the first week. Full disclosure, I was in Hawaii this weekend. I did a speech for uh, a university there, a keynote speech to Hawaii Pacific University, lovely place. Had a wonderful time, of course, exploring and hiking the craters of Hawaii, but I did not watch a drop, a minute, a second of XL football. Now, when I'm not in Hawaii, maybe I will. But uh, everything I heard was positive. And uh, it just seemed to get a nice reaction around the country. And we'll see if that continues. Of course, the key is sustainability. The key is longevity. The key is will people turn back in. And I think the real key is get beyond the hardcore football fans, of which I would consider myself, is the less than hard- 
less than hardcore. I don't know. Casual is going to be tough because casual is going to be casual for the NFL, and casual for the NFL means no, not a fan for the XFL. So I would say the casual XFL fan, which is probably a pretty good NFL fan, are they going to stay tuned? Are they going to keep coming back? So again, it's hard to assess a league early. They've got some window here because March Madness doesn't start for a few weeks. NBA All-Star game this weekend, but that's at night. I mean, they got a real opportunity. As certainly this week and next and the Combine, that's not a, you know, the Combine is... You check in and check out. It's a lot of boring standing around. So I think they're going to have some opportunities here to, to really cement a fan base, but it will take time. And again, the lack of player names is an issue. The one thing that Oliver talked about, this player that I think he, he, he went on about, a sophomore, I believe, only one year of college football and they got him and he's going to sort of use this year to prep for the NFL draft or maybe two years of college football because the NFL rule requires three years removed from high school before entering into the draft. You know, that was kind of a under the radar comment by Oliver, but it's, this is a real opportunity for the XFL that people haven't talked about. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. Okay. But they could get freshmen, sophomores, that for whatever reason don't want to play college football. They want to make money. Okay, that's an obvious reason. They did. They got injured. They want to sort of use it as rehab. They want to play XFL instead of train all year for the combine. I mean, this is a real opportunity that's not really talked about much with the XFL where it could serve as a, as a stair step to the NFL draft for players not yet eligible due to the three-year eligibility rule. So I'd like to see what happens with that. Oliver talked at length about one of those guys, and there's got to be others, and there's got to be more in the future where you're not talking about NFL cuts. You're talking about players that played, and theoretically, out of high school. Theoretically. I don't know if they're going to go down that path. But players who say player played one year, of college football, did a nice job. Certainly, even if he was allowed, would not be a high draft pick in the NFL, but could make some money and improve his stock. And now NFL scouts, to me, they just got busier. They took on another role here because now you don't just scout the colleges. Now you got to scout the XFL. And I think they're scouting the XFL anyway, of course, to look for talent. But now you're scouting the NFL not to only look for veteran talent to bring in as free agents, but for rookie talent to bring in through the draft, that's an interesting concept. So first round, week one, XFL, a success. Everyone likes it. We haven't really seen the, the two or three point conversions. Everyone seemed to like the kickoff thing where it's still a kickoff, even though there's less contact. Uh, the game's moving pretty fast, not exactly under the three hours that they were talking about, but we'll see. And uh, I think what the fan experience I heard about, I haven't seen again is the ability to listen in to coaches and referees uh, going through replay. I think that's a value that the NFL should adapt immediately to have some transparency. Okay. That is a rant of the week. Let's get to the next one, and that's about Philip Rivers. Okay, as I said, we're going to talk about Tom Brady. We're going to talk about Ryan Tano. We're going to talk about Jameis Winston. We're going to talk about Marcus Mariota. We're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, of course, a Brees either plays or goes to the Saints. Nothing to talk about there. We're going to talk about Taysom Hill. But the guy I want to talk about now is Philip Rivers. 
It was mutually agreed and announced announced publicly this week that he and the Chargers will no longer be partners. And this is a split after, what is it, 16, 17 years. Same year Eli came in with the Giants. They're both going out. Eli, of course, had a Love Fest retirement ceremony. And with Rivers, they get a tweet (laughs) about mutually parting ways. Now, it's no surprise he moved his family to Florida. When you got as many kids as him, eight, nine kids, you're not moving back. So that was a done deal there. Now, maybe he could have commuted or just lived out there by himself in the offseason, but that didn't seem right uh, in the season. So anyway, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers part, and it seems to be an under-the-radar story. That's wrong. This is a huge story. I mean, this was the signature face of the franchise through tons of success over the last 17 years. It's just amazing sometimes where you see these partings of players that really define the franchise. Like I said, face of the franchise. There is no player in the Chargers the past 17 years, 16 years, whatever it is, more aligned with that brand. I mean, am I wrong? There's no player more aligned with that brand than Philip Rivers, and it's over. To me, that's a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal if and when Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, which I think he'll do. This is a big deal. Not being treated as such. Because we have come to expect in sports that it ends. And it's not it's not a big deal anymore. I mean, people are going to try to make it a big deal with Brady. But even with Brady, I think people are going to go, yeah, okay, I get it. And the idea of this nostalgic finish with one team, it is nostalgia because 99% it doesn't happen. And of those doesn't happens, 90% of them are involuntary. It's the team, not the player, the team deciding you're not finishing your career here. Okay? So people have to understand when they sort of get on players for not finishing their career there, teams never ever allow players to finish their career there because they cut them. They want them to go somewhere else. They don't want them anymore. I've been part of that with the best player in the history of the Packers, probably Brett Favre. Oh my God. Happens all the time. So let's be real about the business of sports when it comes to heroes. It's not them. And this is a shining example of it. Philip Rivers is not leaving the Chargers because They really want him, and he doesn't want to be there. It's at best mutual, and probably the Chargers telling him, stay away, enjoy Florida, or your next team. Now, we'll talk later about what team that's going to be. I think he may have a hard time getting a team, which is another issue, at least coming in right away as a starter. But this is a tough thing. Even for the best of the best, it rarely ends well. Brett Favre, Joe Montana. Joe Namath, Donovan McNabb. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It never ends walking into the sunset. Sure, you'll have a few John Elway's, Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning didn't end well in Indianapolis at all. And supposedly he wanted to come back in Denver, even after winning the Super Bowl. So it never ends well. So that's where we are. Uh, I feel for Philip Rivers. I think he should get a better send-off, at least do the 
the day in the sun that Eli got with the Giants, at least fly him out there, do that with the Chargers. Again, their fan base is kind of scattered right now. Who knows who they are? But I just feel that about Philip Rivers. And my final rant this week is about baseball, and it's a continuing story of the Astros and cheating scandal that's going on there. I just don't get it still. And there's more coming out, Wall Street Journal, about all the codes that were broken and all the cheating and the deep, dark recesses of this thing. And now former players are talking about the bangs. And it just becomes a mountain of circumstantial evidence that not only was it the GM, not only was it the coach, it was the players. And this is the problem I have. I don't know why Commissioner Manfred is not disciplining the players. This to me, it's like okay, you're letting the, the 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 superiors take the fall, but what is going on with the players? Why are we allowing them to walk scot free? And when they talk to the media, they all clam up. Of course, they clam up because if they say anything, then they're worried about getting in trouble because they're not in trouble now, at least from a discipline point of view. I'd like to hear a reason, and I don't think there's at least one that's plausible given by Major League Baseball why they're not disciplining the players. The Houston Astros players have some kind of taint on them right now, but it's it should be a lot worse. They cheated, and they're not getting punished, period. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, cheating has become, you know, it's something I may do a long article, academic article on with Villanova with another professor. What is the criteria for sentencing in sport? What is the criteria? Players in the Astros case and the ones that have scattered now throughout the Major League Baseball from the 2017 team seem to be like, oh, just blame this, blame the, blame the bosses, not us. Really? That's what we are in sports? Roger Goodell, you know, hate him or love him, but, you know, with the Saints bounty scandal, he wasn't limiting it to the, uh, to the coaches. He wasn't, you know, sure. He, he, uh, suspended Sean Payton and Greg Williams, but he suspended players. He suspended players, uh, Patriots with the alleged deflated balls suspended Tom Brady. Imagine the NFL having a cheating scandal in their midst and Roger Goodell only suspending the coach or the GM or both or the organization and not the players. Unthinkable. So we have a different level of scrutiny for players in baseball. Again, there's a lot of differences the business of sports with football and baseball and basketball. Among them, the big one, there's no cap in baseball, so teams can spend as they wish. There is a tax, which has some use in, in limiting uh, the big spending teams. But again, with no cap, you have the disparity, teams spending 80, 90, 100 million, teams spending 300 million. That's a 200 million gap between high and low. You're not going to see that in other sports. But again, shaking my head that Rob Manfred still has not done any discipline of the players. And will it stand? Will he allow that to continue? We'll find out. <clears throat> so those are my rants. A word from our sponsor, of course, <clears throat> it's always Bet Online, and Bet Online is giving you the key games to bet on this week, and so many in the NBA and college basketball this week. This week before the All Star game, which is going to have great 
Team LeBron, Team Giannis. You're also going to have the Clippers in Boston on Thursday night. You've got Lakers in Denver, Milwaukee, Indiana, and then college basketball. All the good stuff going on with Maryland, Michigan State, Virginia, North Carolina, Kansas, West Virginia. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget the promo code BETPODCAST1, all caps. Get your 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And that'll do it for this week's edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. That music underscoring is from the one Sam Brandt, my son I love so much. Appreciate all your comments and rankings on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. Thanks for following me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.